This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression, and this podcast aims to share it all. From personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Welcome back to Mom and Mind, everyone. So glad you can join us on another episode of the podcast. Today, we're talking with Casey Hodos, and she's going to be talking about prevention and prevention specifically uh, in terms of how to think ahead about your perinatal mental health journey. As you know, a lot of times we as people are learning about the problems we have as we are having them and are trying to figure out how to cope along the way. But there can be something to be said for thinking ahead in a different way about what could happen or putting systems in place to help prevent having a really difficult time. Now, when we talk about prevention, of course, we're not saying that following these couple of steps that ensures that nothing bad will ever happen. But prevention is a way to think about how to soften any kind of transition through pregnancy into parenthood and certainly those those early years. So a little bit about our guest, Casey. She was naturally curious about resiliency and has spent the better part of her 20-year career in mental health focused on loss and life transitions. After having her son in 2012, her own coping skills were put to the test as she struggled through a very dark experience of postpartum depression and anxiety. Thankfully, she was able to climb out of her pit of despair with the help of her own therapist and supportive husband. And once she was healthy again, she found a new passion in supporting women through their adjustment into motherhood. So join us in on this exploration of uh, prevention in the perinatal mental health period. Let's meet Casey. Welcome, Casey. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dr. Kat. It's an honor to be here talking with you. Well, I'm really glad you wanted to come on and talk about prevention today. It's super important, and so I'm I'm glad that we'll be able to touch on these really crucial topics. So as as a lot of folks do, start with your... uh, Sorry, let me restate that. 
as a lot of folks do, they come on and start with their own personal story. So if you'd like to do that, I welcome you to start wherever you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my son is 10 now, so I'm way beyond the fourth trimester. (laughs) Um, uh, But when, when I had my son back in 2012, I felt like I was prepared. I had read all the books. I was going to my doctor's appointments. I had chosen a pediatrician. I had had the baby shower and researched all the gear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, then I'm determined to be the best mom ever. And I have everything I need. And it did not go. It wasn't so easy. Like mm-hmm. I I struggled right away with, with breastfeeding mm-hmm. and I'm feeling like just a deer in the headlights. Like what in the world have I done to my life? Mm. I was nervous all the time. I, the sleep, the sleep deprivation was, was really hard. And I felt like I didn't have the tools that I needed. And I felt like I didn't, like no one was telling the truth about Mm. motherhood. And so I, I, was uh, I went to a very dark place and I I had I have a great spouse. I had family support. I had a lot of the things that I did need. However, it just it it really hit me like how hard this job is. Um mm-hmm. and that suddenly I was caring for a tiny human who couldn't tell me what was wrong, who could only scream and cry and mm-hmm. who needed me all the time. And that pressure uh, of just being on the clock forever was really just eye-opening and and terrifying. So, and I think, I think 10 years ago in in my local area, anyway, here in North Carolina, there just, there just wasn't a lot of support for new parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And my pediatrician was the first person that asked me how I was doing and and now I think that's very common now. Like they do a questionnaire for moms and um, they screen for postpartum anxiety and depression. Now, I, I hope I hope everywhere they do that, but I know they do that. And he was the first person I felt like who, who saw me, mm-hmm. you know, and he could tell that I was struggling, but I, he still didn't I didn't he didn't offer anything, any types of resources. He didn't really, there was a lactation Mm. consultant in the office that helped me with the breastfeeding part, Mm. but like my mental health was still not where it needed to be. And so by the time I got out of that dark place with the help of my own therapist and, and friends and my spouse and family support and things like that, I, I started just researching it a little bit more. And so fast forward to like when my son w- was about four was when I was like, I finally felt like I had crawled out of this pit and mm-hmm. I wanted to help mothers through this. And I was just on a mission to like tell mm-hmm. the truth about how hard it is. And I, I discovered Postpartum Support International and started doing their trainings and got on the track to getting certified in perinatal mental health and and just never look back. Mm-hmm. And now I just, I love, I love supporting new moms um, in my practice. And my latest passion has been really about prevention and how do we, how can we prepare new parents for the mental health piece of things. We have so many ways that we 
prep new parents. Three, choosing pediatrician, choosing mm-hmm. childcare, breastfeeding mm-hmm. classes, childbirth classes. Mm-hmm. But there's just not a lot of tools out there. Um, and there's not a lot of honesty, I think, mm. with people who are expecting a baby. Like when we mm-hmm. we want in our culture, we like for things to be easy and joyful and comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't necessarily like to talk about the painful parts of being a human. And, right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I let alone I being s- a, a parent or a mother. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You're a human with needs and now you have a baby with needs. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that's, that's like where, where I am now. And that's kind of the coaching piece that I do in my, in my practice, but really just helping people set them up to be successful with the tools and the, the knowledge, just some psychoeducation about mm-hmm. like the risk of PMADs and the things that that can happen, the emotions that that you may feel without scaring them too much. But like but saying like opening the door and saying this is what this is what parenthood looks like and what what do you need in order to set yourself up with the support and the expectations and the boundaries that that you need. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to get into this and and dig a little more deeply. And and if we can kind of start with what I find to be one of the more frustrating things is about any type of prevention of anything is how do you how do you get people to understand that this is something they should pay attention to? And obviously, we are not going to be able to have preventative medicine or preventative mental health support for every single thing we could ever encounter. But this is one of those times where you're going, like if if you are preparing to bring a child into your home, barring certain circumstances, you are, you are, this is one of those things that most likely going to happen. Let's just put it that way. Unless there's like a very, very clear risk of some other health condition within your family. So how do you suggest or think now or propose that we talk to people about learning about mental health during pregnancy or postpartum, given like what you've already said, that people don't want to really know that this is going to potentially be hard? That's a great question. <laughs> and I don't really have all the answers to that. But but I do think it starts with just the like being honest with mm-hmm. each other, you know, mm-hmm. with with friends mm-hmm. and family and yep. opening up the conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Social media has really, I think, I know there are problems with social media, but in a lot of ways, it's it started a dialogue with people about mental health. And I think yep. during the pandemic, we really saw that that shift from the only thing we post about is like happy, mm-hmm. you know, shiny vacations and things like that to the having honest conversations about how difficult life can be mm-hmm. and the the challenges of just a lot of different types of a lot of different types of mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. So I, I so I think that's I think that's a, that we're headed in the right direction there. Yeah. I also think that there's OBGYNs and midwives mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pediatricians. I think I think we need to make sure that that we see these mothers who are coming in to the office the whole way through from pregnancy and beyond. Yeah. Because a lot of women suffer from severe anxiety during pregnancy, as you know, mm-hmm. and we don't really talk about that very much. Right. We want, yeah, we want to just think that pregnancy is, we 
we have this glow about you and that's Mm -hmm. really it. And you go to your doctor's appointments, take your prenatal vitamins and you're all set. But, and I think that adds to like this suffering from these things without saying anything to people. So, so I, I think there's a lot, there are so many moving parts here, but I really think honesty, honesty, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you can be honest about how you're feeling, speaking up when, when, when you're feeling down and also watching out for each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Um, I really like that, that approach being honest, right? If we're changing the conversation within ourselves and we don't necessarily have to be fully reliant on systems of healthcare to catch everything. Um, mm-hmm. Although that, that would be great too. Yeah. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So when you are thinking about prevention, what are the kinds of things that you want to help people learn about or do to help prevent or lessen the the chance or risk of perinatal mental health conditions? So I see preparation and prevention kind of happening in like three different categories. So pregnancy, problem solving, and parenting. Mm Mm-hmm. And so during pregnancy, I actually loved the episode that you did with Carla Nomberg. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, She said so. She just had so many great little nuggets Mm -hmm. in there for for new parents. But she talked about practicing good habits when it's easy or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, And I and I don't certainly I know that not all pregnancies are easy, but it is the time when you are well rested or 
hopefully you're getting more rest and you're taking care of yourself and and you are a priority um hopefully for the people in your life and and you're and you're taking you're taking you're going to see your doctor and so you're you're really involved in like your health and being being healthy and doing things lost my train of thought again sorry nope you're good so during pregnancy women tend to be focused on their health Mm-hmm. And getting going going regularly to your doctor visits and and keeping an eye on blood pressure and all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think during pregnancy, we also need to be checking in on our mental health and and preparing for while we have the energy before baby comes, that is a great time to have conversations with your support system to identify all the things that are going to need to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, with your partner, taking yeah. a look at who do we have who in our life who care, who are the people who care about us? Yeah. And whether it's in-laws, it might be friends, not everybody has support right there locally with them. Right, right. Which that's one of the problems, I think. But but I, I think matching support people with jobs that need to be done, you know, mm-hmm. it, uh, and it's from everything from like household tasks mm-hmm. to walking the dog to mm-hmm. running errands. Who are these people that we already have in our life who can help us out with some of this stuff? Because all the th- daily things are still going to need to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that during pregnancy, you can really start to practice having some of these conversations with people. And, and really think about like, who do you want around when baby arrives? Do you want mm-hmm. to have visitors right away? Do you, who, do you want to have people visit in the hospital? Maybe you don't and mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. And it's okay to ask for what you need. And these are, these are kind of confrontational types of conversations that no one wants to have, but we have to have them. And if we can start practicing, getting more comfortable speaking up for what we need, Mm-hmm. Um, and setting those expectations, then by the time baby gets here, hopefully not that it will be easy, but we already have that that plan in place for what we want and how we want the homecoming to be and, mm-hmm. and our first few weeks as new parents settling in. Right. Yeah. So then I'll move on to the problem solving part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I see problem solving as like, okay, so we have this plan for what we hope will happen. Now, things rarely go 100% according to plan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think that having some really healthy coping skills um, can be can be helpful whether or not things go according to plan. Right. Like there's always going to be stress and going into parenthood, like you, you need some, you, you're going to have to know how to cope with difficult things. And how to be flexible and and how to be mindful yeah. and how to communicate with the people in your life when yes. things are not going well. So practicing with, with your spouse, just having digging into these these topics. Oh, and, right. So uh, not not necessarily doing this these uh, three categories alone on your own, but but involving other people along the yes. way. Yeah. 
Yes, because I've seen too many times these conversations aren't happening and then things are stressful and the mother feels like everything is on her plate and mm-hmm. she's trying to maybe go back to work or or figure out how to work from home with the baby or whatever, you know, and and that is not that is the time when you're you're stressed out and you're tired. Yeah. And that's not good timing for a tough conversation. No. With your partner or that's with a hard you know, time. That's yeah. And so I think way ahead of time, we should talk about, okay, what happens when the baby is sick and who's going to be the one to go and pick up the baby from daycare or Mm -hmm. who's going to stay home with a sick baby? Who's going to go to the appointments? Mm -hmm. Who's going to do all the things? And you have a part. If you have a partner, you're a team. And I see that as a, a really important way to look at parenting, that seeing your your you and your partner as a team, you have mm-hmm. the same goals, the same values, and and you want to be partners in this. It should not fall on one parent or the other to do all the things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's I, I feel like that is shifting more and more that that partners are are becoming more engaged and, and sharing the load. But man, there are just still a lot of times where that is just not happening. So I think, yeah, to your point, having the conversation, even if you have a partner who is not engaged and doesn't really plan to be engaged, then that's information too. Right. So you might ha- you might have to figure out how else to get help. Uh, unfortunately, yes. but yeah, right. So true, and better to know that ahead of time. Mm-hmm than to wait around when, you know, you're sick or baby sick or, you know, Mm -hmm. and something, something is happening that's, that's really stressful and you need some, you need some help. Right. Cause Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a, it's not a solo sport. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Um, And I think as part of the, the problem solving bucket, I think we, we can, we can go ahead and, and start practicing just some, some good habits for for your mental health, like mm-hmm. being mindful, being in the present, getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. um, getting some exercise, all of those things you can go ahead and kind of like, because if you are healthy mentally and physically, when the problems arise, you'll be in a better place to deal with it. Another part, I, I, th- I think uh, going along with, with just getting your mental health in order, also looking for what resources are in your local area for parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there local in-person support groups or virtual support groups? Looking for, for mom groups that yeah, there are so many different resources and so many more things now than when I had my son. <laughs> yeah, um, Stroller strides and just so many different, different community types of resources. <laughs> I'm trying not to say resources so many times. <laughs> got it, got it. If you want to restate any (laughs) part of it, you're welcome to. Okay. But prioritizing your mental health can happen anytime. But it's Mm -hmm. certainly, I think it's just more effective when you can start taking care of your mental health before the baby gets here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you can. So for, for people who are just, I guess, coming around to the idea that there could even be a mental health something or other during pregnancy or postpartum um, would, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me kind of off air, ask you a couple of questions, so to speak. Would you feel comfortable going into some additional kind of like, I guess, detail 
for people who are not used to taking care of their mental health or even being aware of it, um, what they could do, like, I don't know, it's like see a therapist or that, that sort of stuff. There might be people who are, who yeah. are learning about prevention and don't, don't know mm-hmm. that they have any kind of mental health stuff even to deal with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does my question yeah, make sense? Yeah. Could I could I say something like, um, you don't need to have a diagnosable yeah, disorder right. uh-huh. to to take care of your mental health? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Okay. I'm just gonna bring us back in then. So for just a moment, for people who might just be considering that they have, either they're not fully aware of what's going on for them mental health-wise, or they're not really dealing with anything mental health-wise, what would you, yeah, what would you say to those folks additionally, or even resources that you would suggest? I would say that every human faces challenges and Things are not easy. Mm -hmm. And so even if you have never seen a therapist or even thought about mental health, Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need to have a diagnosable condition in order to seek out support and to take care of yourself mentally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there are so many resources online. Postpartum Support International has so many, like just just tons of information online about mm-hmm. uh, about the perinatal time period and kind of what to expect and and groups there you could even during pregnancy you could get involved in a group mm-hmm. um during that time just to not feel so alone mm-hmm. uh, and so like even if you think of yourself as uh, who doesn't have a family history of mental health disorders or or any predisposing factors mm-hmm. you you still need help and you need support for this time period because you're facing a job that you've never done before mm-hmm. and with with no guidance and no manual. So mm-hmm. so, yeah, I just encourage people to to pay attention to their mental health just as they would their physical health. Right. OK, thank you very much. So the third bucket I call parenting. (laughs) And so that's the part where you figure out like, how are you and your partner going to parent? And so this might mean talking about like, what does maternity leave and paternity leave look like? And how long do you expect to want to stay home with your baby? Can Mm -hmm. you do that? Is that Mm -hmm. feasible? Would you like for your partner to take time off at the same time or do it later and kind of tag team the staying at home with baby? Mm -hmm. Um, So many ways to do to do this. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's postpartum. Your postpartum needs to meet your needs and and you can figure that out by talking with your partner and seeing what's available. Mm -hmm. I think about I also think about the division of labor and a conversation about who the default parent Mm -hmm. (laughs) might be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that it doesn't have to always fall on one person. It it can be a true partnership, like we were saying earlier, but those expectations need to be need to be decided. Mm -hmm. And and it's an ongoing conversation. So these things are not one and done. These are this is right. practice, you know, this mm-hmm. is practice, the, the, having the hard conversations, yeah. figuring out what you need. They're all, it's, it's, it's just practice. Like you have to just keep checking in on each other, on yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, so I see like this whole preparation piece as like, okay, how can we plan while also being flexible? Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Right, because you don't know until you're in it exactly what you need, but you can help, like you're saying, help mitigate that by at least starting the conversation. Right, right. And looking at your strengths, like I'm a huge like strengths-based therapist. And I think that we all have strengths, even when you don't feel like you do, Mm -hmm. there are things you're already doing that are working. So let's take a look at that and and figure out how how your strengths can serve you uh, during this really stressful time period. Right, sure. And there's oftentimes uh, where our our partner might have a, a strength in something that's not necessarily our favorite thing or vice versa. So you can even figure that out Absolutely. along the way because there's certainly things that my husband can do like math. Right. So bring it into school age children real quick and not because <laughs> I have any kind of feelings about it. But right. Like it, it, that's just as an example that there are just things and it's okay. We don't have to all be able to do all of the things. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And early humans had their village and everybody had a role to play. And, and side note, have you ever heard of the, <laughs> the grandmother hypothesis? No, I don't think so. So some some scientists think that the reason why human mammals experience laws mm-hmm. and go on to live beyond their reproductive years is because it helped the it, or in early humans it helped them survive because there were grandmothers mm. available to help care for the babies. That's interesting. Yeah, I I learned that recently, and I just thought that was incredible to think about mm-hmm. that that yeah we we may live on past our reproducing years in order to serve our village. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's right for tight knit communities. That still for sure happens. Right. But yeah, a lot of us are all spread out all over the place, and we don't have those built in communities. Absolutely, like, and we tend to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that that was it. Yeah, we and we tend to idealize independence and mm-hmm. uh, bucking up and just powering through and mm-hmm. doing things on your own and getting it done and and that is just I mean when it comes to parenting it really that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's it and not only does it not make sense, I think it's just it does a disservice to not only the primary caregiver, but also the partner, like that, the, that smaller family unit really both or can struggle and suffer because of it. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think an, another piece that's really important for couples is to identify like their values and mm-hmm how they how they want to parent and what's important to them and 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 these these kinds of conversations that we don't find ourselves really talking about we just kind of yeah. live it yep but when when during a pregnancy like you have to kind of consider like what do you want your life to look like what is important in terms of like lessons that you want to to hand down to your child mm. and and so i think that's another piece and i kind of think think about that in terms of the strengths, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that if we can just take a minute and, and really look into like who we are, who we want to be, what do we want the future to be like, and really think about letting our values lead us when we're making these big decisions. 
Mm-hmm. As a, like as a family. Yeah. Figuring out what that is. Uh, yeah. Ideally yes. that, that would be great. And you're right. Some of that stuff just is not hashed out before kids come along. And even, even sometimes before kids are even a, a thing or a possibility, I was like after marriage mm-hmm. or being together for a while, then you find out like, oh, this is not one of those things I can, like, I did not see this for my future, but here we are. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there there can yeah, be a lot, a lot of stuff. I, I hear this, like, fairly often w- between, like, even people I- within a marriage who might have different political ideologies or have different ideologies or what they want to bring into their, their children's lives. And then you have these kids, and wow, that that's an even tougher to conversation to have if you haven't had it already. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And you you get to decide this. And, and so many times we we feel like, well, we were parented a certain way, and so that's mm. the way to do things. Right. And, but but I, I think I think that is also a disservice to yourself mm-hmm. when you you don't have the confidence to like make your own decisions or your values don't have to look like your parents' values and they don't have to look like your neighbor's values. Right. You get to you get to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that can be hard too like if you I mean it can be really liberating for one to mm-hmm. decide that you can and want to do things differently than folks around you. But even honestly, if it's not too, too different, you could, there's still conflict sometimes with just, let's say, grandparents who fed their kids a certain way or, and they want to feed your kids that way, but that's not how you want your kids fed. (laughs) Um, Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like uh, even more important than to have, if you can be, be on the same page as your partner so that you you guys can have a united front against not against but when when dealing with people who have differing opinions or have right. opinions on what they think you should be doing right. it's really hard to stand on your footing of what you want to do in your life when you got all these 5 million opinions from everybody else coming in yeah yeah and when when those first in that fourth trimester when you mm-hmm. are exhausted and just overwhelmed by everything mm-hmm. uh, having a tough conversation with your mother-in-law is probably not going to happen <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah right right that's really tough super tough hi there i'm andrea owen self-help author with 19 translations of my books global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Anything else you think is important for people to to understand about prevention and planning? Yeah, I, along with everything else I've said about honesty, I feel like sometimes um, there is a tendency for providers to not be completely honest with women. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my experience during my pregnancy, no one, no one informed me that, you know, that there is a risk of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, as many as one in seven, probably more than that experience this. And I don't think it's, it's that scary to know that fact. Like we know, we know a lot of risk factors. We know Mm. the risks of breast cancer and heart disease. And, and we know, we know all those things. So why aren't we talking about perinatal mental health in, in those terms? And, and so I, the, the risk is there and it is very real and we cannot prevent it 100%, but if we have the, we know the risk factors, we know that women who have the support and and the tools, they lower their risk. And so why can't we have honest conversations about, about that mm-hmm. um, during pregnancy, before pregnancy, and just open up that dialogue a little more? Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, that is a great circle around to your initial points about honesty and being real with each other, that with each other and with each other. And sometimes they're with us having that information and taking it to our doctors, even though like, wouldn't it be great if they were all trained in perinatal mental health as well? Sometimes they don't even know the risk, but, but sometimes that's how things get changed too, is from us having the information and being, it's on a broader, larger scale and getting, getting the word out there. We don't have to wait for it to come down from somewhere in order mm-hmm. to to learn more about how to take care of ourselves oh, in this time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well said. Thank you for bringing in all of this perspective. It's really important to consider prevention and not just, oh no, something, something bad happened. Although that's important, pre- prevention is super important. So I, thank you for bringing that in today. Thank you, Dr. Kat. You can find Casey at CaseyHodos.com or on Instagram at Casey underdash Hodos or on Instagram at Casey underscore Hodos. 
you might have learned a couple of new things about how to prevent or ways to prevent having a difficult time during the perinatal mental health period, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. And certainly, please share this episode with anyone who could benefit from hearing ways to prevent worsening of symptoms or prevent having symptoms during the perinatal period. I welcome you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can get each and every episode delivered directly to you when they are launched each Monday. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.